Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is July 3rd, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Witch Way Magazine. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, It takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. By E.E. Cummings. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Owen's Garden Gate Lavender Pea Flower uh, Lemon Tea. I'm going to take a sip. Mm. A little lavender for luck. The Owens family is known for their healing and abundant garden on Magnolia Street. And this tea captures their magic. As the tea brews, watch as it changes from blue to purple. A magic only the Owens apothecary could achieve. So, this tea, in my opinion, is ideal for the light half of the year. All those florals and, um, yeah, it just makes sense to me. It is non-caffeinated, and uh, you only need to steep it for about five minutes, I would say, is a really good steep time. Uh, Okay, so this tea has apple pieces, lemongrass, rose hips, lavender, orange, natural lemon, um flavor blue cornflowers and dried lemon peel and then of course the pea flower yum all right so we're talking about lemongrass this week uh i love lemongrass it's one of my favorite things and all over i love it in food i love it the smell i just think it's fantastic So this actually comes to us from the University of Wisconsin, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, But lemongrass. So lemongrass is widely used for a variety of purposes, many of which involve the essential oil that can be extracted from its leaves. The essential oil of lemongrass has a high percentage of compound citral, which is widely coveted uh, among perfumes, cosmetics, and beverages due to the aroma and taste. It is also commonly used for soaps, detergents, and insect repellents. Lemongrass is considered a staple ingredient in cuisine of many Southeast Asian countries, namely Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, and parts of China and India. Oil, stems, and leaves are used to add a zesty flavor to dishes like curries, soups, sauces, and teas. The plant is also believed to have medicinal properties, earning it the alternative name of fever grass. Some medicinal uses include treatment of stomach aches, digestive problems, fevers, and inflammation. Lemongrass brewed into tea is said to be antibacterial, antifungal, and antioxidant. Tests for potential toxicity to humans and animals confirm that no safety risks are posed by the usage and consumption of this plant. 
Oh, love lemongrass. All right. So moving into some headlines. This comes to us from vulture.com. Carrie Fisher becomes ethereal witch in Wonderwall. So, okay. It all starts and ends with Rita Ora, doesn't it? In Carrie Fisher's final movie, Wonderwell. Oh, Wonderwell. Not Wonderwall. <laughs> so I already messed up. Um, Wonderwell. Aura stars as a fashion guru who needs a new model for her clothing line. The model are protagonist Violet's Kira Mildward uh, and older sister Savannah Nell Tiger Free. Directed by Vlad Mersfin and written by William Brookfield, the film follows 12-year-old Violet as she tries to find something magical to do while her sister's modeling career takes off in Italy. She finds an enchanted forest where she meets Hazel, played by Carrie Fisher. Oh, a fabled witch uh, that Violet was warned about. Fisher filmed the movie in late 2016, wrapping up just six weeks before her death and subsequently taking seven years to finish. Producer lead Rudnicki uh, called Fisher's final scene in the film a magical final curtain call for a very special actress. <laughs> um, it looks like it just came out. Oh, my gosh. I do feel like just everything we know about Carrie Fisher, I feel like she would have loved her last role to have been a witch. Oh, man, that's really cool. And there is a trailer, so you can check it out. But it's also just out, so you can also just go see it. That's also an option. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, July 3rd. The full moon reaches its peak, achieving Capricorn's highest goals. Here, the moon trines Uranus. A Capricorn full moon sees us accomplishing an objective for better or for worse. Whatever we started and have been working towards all month is beginning to bear fruit. If we had a strong plan and executed it well, we're likely enjoying the fruits of our labors. If we did not think it all the way through or had a goal that we weren't quite engaged in, we may be suffering the consequences. Either way, there are results in this moment that we need to assess. The trying to Uranus indicates that whether the effects were what we wanted or not, we're in for some shortcuts to get us where we need to go. Keep your eyes open for things that may seem like diversions, but are actually time savers. Your daily moon mantra is, you're free to make whatever choice you want, but you are not free from the consequences of that choice. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. The Magic of Trees is not just a book on tree magic. It is about drawing on the strength of forests and tree energy to better connect with ourselves, other people, and the world around us. Each chapter reinforces meditations, spells, and rituals that will reconnect humanity with its roots at every stage of life. These practices take a hands-on approach to life and spiritual work. They lead to individual self-awareness and fulfillment through healthy natural practices. Plus, this text has the added benefit of fine-tuning spiritual tree connections, which never stop growing. Find the magic of trees wherever books are sold. All 
All right, we are back. So we are doing a week long of listener uh, questions. So today we have this from Alyssa from our Facebook group. Alyssa says, hello, everybody. So I went through a major slump in my witchy life. Now I'm back and feeling great, but I can't describe it. The things I loved doing all the time just don't feel attractive to me. Has anyone gone through a slump? Uh, then find this huge burst of witchy energy, but nothing is sparking to use the energy on. I'm normally a very simple candle magic tarot reader girl. I feel uh, I keep things simple. Any ideas? I live in a suburb area of Detroit. I don't know why I felt called to say that. Besides, there are no forests near me to visit unless I want to pay a park pass fee. LOL. That is very LOL. I feel like, ugh, I don't like that there's parks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot about parks. Maybe it's cool there's a fee. I guess they have to keep it clean. But also, like, I've heard so many people comment about how in the U.S. it's just weird that you can't just, like, freely go into nature whenever you want. Um, and this is a good example of that. But anyways, same with the lake. Oh, because there's restrictions to the lake. Oh, gosh. What are we doing to this world? This planet was given to us for free. And yet we all have to pay some type of monetary thing to even enjoy it. Thanks, y'all. I'm so happy I came back to the podcast a couple months ago. Yay! It's been a really huge help bringing me out of my slump. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Sometimes, honestly, even today, I was like, I was like, do people listen to this? <laughs> because sometimes I just feel like I'm just talking to myself. And sometimes I'm like, are these topics even interesting? Does anyone even care? Is it even witchy enough? You know, and so that makes me really happy. Okay, so Frankie had a suggestion. Frankie said, look up Sabrina Scott. She has a new book called Curse and Cure, and she dives into a lot of working in the city type area and energies around there as well as yourself. Um, which, yes, that helps. That, that definitely helps with like the whole city thing of like park passes and restricted lakes and ugh. Um, there's something really cool here in New Orleans, uh, which if anyone is looking to visit, my uh, little schedule is wide open for fall. So check it out. But here we have uh, this really great spot in the French Quarter, which it's like it's not a, not that it's a secret, but like you have to kind of know to go look for it. Um, but right on the mouth of the Mississippi River, there is a little spot where you can sit down um, on some cement steps and you're, and you can literally touch the water and anyone can just go and sit. And it's such a, it's such a wonderful way to end your night. Uh, so, um, I went there recently with, uh, Angela who runs the My Haunted Life podcast. We went out there with some ice cream waffle cones late one night after a long day of, uh, trying to chase the pride parade through the quarter and uh, we just sat there with our little ice cream and it was just really lovely. So it just it makes me sad that um, places restrict nature from the people who live there. It just seems really sad. Um, Lex says, maybe try elevating your space. When I lived in the city, the energy of my personal space was just as important to me as connecting with nature. If it got bogged down, so did I. Some plants, charms, crystals, raise your home's energy could help. Or try connecting with the spirits of your space. I leave tea out for them in the mornings. Something simple. Lex, I could not agree more. 
I am a big proponent of keeping your space something that works for you. Um, I was actually looking for uh, possibly a new place to live last week. And I was looking at a few places and one of the um, property managers, she's like, I can take you take a she's like, she's like, I can tell you take a lot of great pride in your space. And I was like, I do, because my space is really important to me. And the, where I live has to fit my vibe and my energy. Um, however, I did decide to just wait until maybe next year to start looking. Uh, because, look, the process of looking is just very overwhelming. But I agree completely. Um, like, right now, my space feels a little bogged down, and I feel bogged down. And it's it can take a lot of work to get out of that. So I completely agree. Um, level up your space, right? Spend time. Find time to dedicate your energy towards your space. Uh, even if it's 10 minutes in the morning standing in one room and looking around and going, okay, what does this room need from me? You know, uh, if you have an hour, uh, that's just as good. Sometimes I would throw on um, an old episode of Boy Meets World and just stay in one room while I kind of figure out what the space needs for me. So I agree. I think we can be very surprised when we find out um, how much our space gives back to us when we give into it. All right, so my suggestion for uh, uh, Alyssa was um, I focused less on the whole city aspect because that just really seemed like a kind of a small blip of the situation. Um, I just didn't worry about that in my response. Um, so what I said was, take what has always worked for you and identify the complete opposite thing. Then try that thing. Over the years, for example, I've really simmered down my practice to what works best for me. I recently had a book on my shelf that was the complete opposite of my practice. And I committed to trying one of the rituals. It felt incredible. Sometimes just getting out of our comfort zone can help bring back the spark and help us find the beauty in our magic. And I really agree with that, right? I think as we grow as witches, like, uh, I think that is what you said that really made me think about that. You said, I'm very simple with candle magic and readings, and that's it. And I think that's what happens is as we grow and we get comfortable in our magic, we learn just very quickly what doesn't work for us, right? And we just pare it down. So when we start out in witchcraft, we have like all these things that are like the, these endless possibilities available to us. And then as we learn, we take our little scissors and we kind of cut this out, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out until we find what works. And I think that's a really positive thing because, you know, when we need to do uh, witchcraft for real for reals, we need to have a grasp on what uh, is effective for us personally and what works for us personally. So I'm not against that. But it does get to a point when we are streamlining our practice so much that we have forgotten the exploration aspect of witchcraft. You know what I mean? So that is my suggestion, explore. And what is something you are just not into at all, right? So for example, I'm not a crystal gal. And like, it might be fun for me to like, try to put together a crystal grid, you know? And that is what can spark that uh, interest again, and that wonder and that exploration and that feeling we had when we were starting out where it all felt um, and endlessly delicious 
at our fingertips, you know? So that's my suggestion. All right. Do we have another one? Oh, we have another one. This is from Mara. Mara says troubleshooting time. Okay. So here's the scenario. I already love this formula of uh, post. <laughs> Mara says, you see that it's a full moon on your calendar. You race to get your jars and fill them with water. You place them outside in the mooniest place possible, while also concealing mildly so the neighbors don't question your fence post water. You let them sit and absorb that lovely energy all night. And then you forget about them for about a week. Do you still use the water for its original intent? Do you find some other use? Do you discard and start over the next full moon? Do you just leave them? Call it full cycle water at this point. Thanks, witchy ladies. Um, okay, so before I give my opinion, I'm going to state I'm not moony. I do not work with the moon. I, I'm just not a moony person. I will say the water did absorb the full moon energy. So is the belief that it can lose that? by absorbing more energy as the moon begins to wane? Because even if the moon is waning, it's still just absorbing more moon. So is the logic here that you can deduct moon energy from a water? That's the question I would ask myself. As a moon person, which you clearly seem to be, that is the question I would ask myself. What is the belief system here, right? Uh, everyone's different. If you believe that the water is now taking on waning energy, did that full moon energy just disappear? Do you believe it's mixed in? Are you believing that? Because um, even waning, it's still absorbing moon. So now it has full moon energy and then now just more full, just more moon energy. So do you believe it can add or do you believe that somehow the waning removes moon from the water? So I guess my question for you is to really make sure you understand your belief system around how this works so that you can determine. I can't determine it for you. The only thing I can do is ask questions to help you um determine what it is. And this is something we see in witchcraft all the time, right? Sometimes we just do things because we're either told to do them or we read them in a book or uh, we saw it on Instagram or whatever, whatever. But we're not actually learning um, the method or the reasoning. And that is really important because it is the reasoning that is if you know how it works, then you can better function, I guess. Um, it does actually remind me, we were doing the Charmed rewatch on the Patreon, and there was an episode where the girls are revisited by their ancestor, Melinda, and they have to replicate a spell she did hundreds of years ago. However, they need a item that is rare to the time period, so it's, I mean, it's a TV show. There has to be conflict. But it did bring up a good witch lesson, right? And so the, the girls, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. Oh, I mean tea. Did I say coffee? I'm so sorry. I meant tea. 
Um, you know, sometimes even when I make matcha, I'm like, is this coffee or is this tea? I mean, it's tea. Um, so the thing is that the girls go to great lengths to get this obscure ingredient, even facing like breaking and entering an arrest and da da da, which makes sense for a TV show, right? However, I was like, this is a great lesson about witchcraft. So we paused and we talked and in the show, at this point in the show, the girls are new witches. They don't really fully understand what they're doing. And even their ancestor was the first witch of the lineage. So even she was, you know, kind of quote unquote, making it up as she was going along. So we technically had two groups of just kind of newer, miss, uh, unexperienced witches at our hands. And I said, well, uh, they were very lucky. They had the person who created the spell with them. Um, something we would do in real life. We wouldn't break into a zoo and steal something from an endangered animal. What we would do is go, okay, what purpose does this serve in the spell? What purpose does the feather from the spotted owl serve? And then you find something else that can serve that purpose that isn't endangered, that's maybe just in the cupboard. But of course it's for a TV show, but it was just a great example to have a conversation about understanding the method behind what you're doing. And it is something that comes with experience and time and... Um, as you grow as a witch, you'll figure out. And when you're starting out, you're you're still kind of in the mimicking stage where you're just doing the things um, that you've been told to do. But then, as you get more experience and you're learning the methods and the reasonings and the and the tech and the technologicals, you can know how things are working behind the scenes, and then you can better. Um, know how to adjust for things, right? So for example, having an obscure uh, ingredient to a spell, or in Mars example, knowing what to do with this moon water situation, uh, because it's all dependent on your personal belief and how it works, right? How does charging moon water work? And it's going to change from person to person because all of our beliefs are different. But if you understand the reasoning behind why you do it, you're able to adjust for when things happen. But I wish I could be more helpful. I'm not a moon person. So the best I can do is just offer questions to kind of get you thinking. Um, but let's see what everyone else says. Maybe someone else has a better idea. Frankie says you could call it multi-purpose since it has absorbed the lunar and solar energies and you can use their properties for different intents. That's, oh, I like that idea. Almost like an all-purpose cleaner, but for moon water. Oh, and then she posted a GIF of Bob Ross. That's pretty great. Um, let's see. Elise says use it. Heidi says use it. Sometimes I make it solar and moon water at that point. Otherwise, I just make sure my intentions in the moon water are clear whenever I use it. Lila says don't even worry about it. Uh, to me, full moon is just the highest concentration of the gamma ra um, radiation that goes right through a wood roof so technically full moon energy runs right through the entire house mentally i'll hit around the full moon if i'm going to do a ritual or something but for just for background um energy she says don't worry about it yeah it definitely just seems like it's all dependent on mara how you personally think it works and then go from there i hope that helps if, if anything i hope we just i hope that we've just helped you 
if anything, because I don't think any of us were helpful, uh, if anything, I hope that we've, we've just gotten you kind of considering some different alternatives. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I love when we all chat kind of together and troubleshoot. It's so fun. Um, I do want to give a shout out to listener uh, Bia Frias, Bia, you tenacious, dapper starfish, Elizabeth or Beth, you bombastic, sophisticated sun goddess, Teresa Dawn Cashman, you scintillating, wicked sunflower, and Stephanie Penyon, you glorious spider queen. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and we do have some housekeeping before we leave. Um, for Patreon people, if you are in the tier that gets uh, readings every two months, um, that email has gone out. So just look for that. Or it's going out today. So look for that today. And before we leave, we do have a card poll. Our card today is the star from the Buffy Tarot. Kendra, no last name, fully embraces her power and always allows it to shine through in everything she does. How can you unleash your inner star? When the star rises in your reading, it means you are capable of all things. You can teach yourself demonology, master a wide range of weapons, and even slay ancient vampires like it's no big deal. Keep believing in your power because it's not just part of you. It's all of you. All right, witches. That seems wonderful. That seems like a great reading for our first questioner, Alyssa. So that's it. That's all I've got for you. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we've talked about today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches. We hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>